Hey, everybody, Jimmy Smith from Unlocking the Cage. On today's podcast, I sit down with Francis Ngannou, undisputed UFC heavyweight champion, to get his thoughts about the interim title this weekend. You'll also hear from AJ McKee, Bellator featherweight champion and new millionaire. Also, you get a UFC 265 preview with none other than Eve Edwards. I have him now, Francis Ngano, UFC heavyweight champion. Can you hear me, bud? We get it. No. <laughs> it, it, it's great to have you here, my man. Glad you, glad you could log in and join us. Um, so can can you take Thank us you. back? Yeah, you're so welcome. Can you take us back a little bit to when you initially won the title and, and what you went back home for a little bit, what was the deal where, where you were going to be gone for a little bit? Did the UFC know how long? Take us back to that time when you were leaving. Well, uh, no, they didn't know anything about that. And obviously they support to, uh, they're supposed to even support me on the, on my trip back. Like, because it was a big, big deal, uh, you know, as a first Cameroonian being a, um, UFC champion and yeah. the first uh, African uh, UFC heavyweight champion. So um, it was just a time to like uh, take a little uh, step back and uh, introduce the title, the belt to my people, to my family, because they were all expecting me. The whole country was expecting me. And then uh, we let the USA know about that. So um, four days after my fight, exactly, April 1st, they offered me uh, they came out like wanted me to fight on June 12. I'm like, really? Are you serious? Um, they say yes. You said you want to fight two or three, two two more times this year. I'm like, yeah, I I do say that, but I also said I would like to fight in July or August. So do you have anything for me by that time? Let me know. And I'm like, no, we are just saying this because. Um, we don't have a, a, a open uh, opening in uh, July or in August. The only thing that we have right now uh, is June. So we were thinking that you might want it. Uh, the earliest uh, available card that we might have in the summer is June, you know, June 12th. And now I'm like, it's just too short. And, um, and after that, I've been here in like one, one month, you know, because I uh, I left to Cameroon after Cameroon fight, who was in Jacksonville, one month after. So um, never heard from the UFC until I get back home. And uh, yeah, then a lot of things happened, you know, and they came up with an interim title. <laughs> How much, I'm talking to the champ, the, the lineal champion, the undisputed champion, Francis Ngannou, uh, so how much did this surprise you? It surprised me. It surprised everybody. How did it feel to you, man? Well, I was, we were quite surprised uh, about that. But, um, you know, it was just like two months and a half after that I won a fight. And uh, the past month was so much pressure. pressure. So I'm like, okay. I mean, uh, at this time, I won't be surprised anymore about anything. I shouldn't be surprised anymore about anything. And then uh, I was cool about it, you know. At the end of the day, uh, I'm the UFC heavyweight champion of the world. And it doesn't matter what uh, they are doing out there. I'm still the champion, you know. 
and uh, I earned it. It's not like somebody gave it to me. I earned it, so it's my title. It's my own. I owned it, technically. So uh, whatever they are doing out there doesn't matter to me. I saw a <laughs> a a, uh, a like a montage on Sports Center before they were talking about uh, this fight this weekend, and it quoted Dana White with the you know. In Ghana, when he wants to come back and fight, he can do it. We're waiting on him. It's, it's he can come back whenever he wants. And it was a montage of you like getting fitted for a suit, and it showed you in like a a, a sports car or something. But the impression was that once you won the title, you were out kind of partying and having fun. It, it, is that accurate? You know, they, they kind of gave this impression that you were out doing I don't know famous people stuff rather than than worrying about the title. Is, is that accurate? Oh, not at all. I think the only thing that they want to do right now is to fix the mistake, make make it give it a sense of this, whatever they're calling the interim title. Because, uh, and for that, uh, we all know um, how the UFC operate. They can be very, um, use some inappropriate technique to get a point. You know, uh, I didn't went to party. I claim it, uh, loud, uh, clear and loud that I want to fight in summer. So um, by the time they come to uh, July, and then I asked, I said, I want to fight in summer. So let me know if there's some, let's get on something in July or August, end of July or August. Oh, then he was like uh, radio silence for over a month. And they just want to get like at the point like surprise you, squeeze you in this box, and because they want to like maybe blame you or make you feel bad, like how oh, he didn't want to fight, he didn't want. I want to fight. All the thing that he didn't want to fight is all like nonsense, you know. I want to fight. So if somebody say I don't want to fight, then he doesn't know what he's talking about. Let me turn it a little bit from this UFC conversation to the divisional conversation. Uh, a lot of people are trying to like make sense of what's next. Probably the winner of this fight will take you on for your title sometime, probably in the fall or winter. But then you have Stipe Miocic saying he wants in the mix. John Jones hasn't fought all year. Do you have a preference of opponent when it's all said and done? Do you feel like you would have a say, or is it whoever they decide you'll fight? Well, um, I mean, I will always have a preference. Doesn't matter uh, how the landscape looks like, you know. Um, yeah, if you ask me who, who I like to fight, I would say John Jones. But we all know, like John Jones is not going to fight anytime soon, and I, I don't want to sit there waiting from him. I don't know. It seems like he's mostly interested of like uh, weightlifting or something. Uh, but that's not um, the what we should define uh, my uh, my schedule. You know, I want to fight, and uh, as a champion, I, I want to de- de- uh, defend my title. But you know, I just want to make it right, right for me. That's all. You know, at the end of the day, uh, doesn't matter who it is. I mean, uh, when you're a champion, you kind of like assume that. Uh, you're going to fight all the contenders. doesn't matter uh, the uh, order of them. You're going to get to fight them. And anybody who put himself as a uh, legit contender, uh, you have to fight him. It's not like a choice, you know? 
Uh, has the UFC spoken to you about what's next since they announced this interim title, or has it been kind of, you know, they the haven't been around? Yeah, yeah. Has, the radio radio silence. silence. Yeah. Wow. It's been a radio silence. And uh, well, hopefully they will not come up and like, oh, you're fighting this day, and then they'll just say, and then uh, I'm like, you know, it makes sense. I don't say, oh, he doesn't want to fight. Hopefully they won't do that. Uh, any again because they're really, apparently they're really good at those type of things. What do you think about this weekend, Cyril Gaon versus Derek Lewis? Of course, you faced Derek Lewis before. You've trained with Cyril Gaon. What are your what, what's your thoughts on this fight and and how you think it'll work out, man? Well, honestly, uh, about this fight, I think this is a really good fight. You know, uh, you have Cyril Gaon, which is a upcoming with. Very talented guy. Uh, I know him quite a little bit. And uh, you have Derek Lewis, which is who's been there uh, recently with his last run. You know, good knockout. Um, unfortunately, we uh, we didn't deliver the fight that uh, we were supposed to. But uh, he's a really good uh, opponent for anyone in the division. You know, so I think this fight is a fight. Uh, that was supposed to make. My only problem with this is like trying to disvalue my tyrant like as an interim, like a uh, undisputed heavyweight champion and trying to make it like, I heard something today like, oh, it's going to be like a, a IBF and a, a WBC a, a unified title. I'm like, no, there's not a unified title. There's not two... It's a one promotion. It's a one bed. It's a UFC bed. It's not like some bed gonna have a different name or a Bellator or a PFL coming to challenge the UFC. Then we will talk about unified bed. I mean, I was there expecting to fight, and then they just come up with some um, some sort of entering title, and uh, that was very surprising because in the past what uh, year. Uh, we've been expecting the interim title since Stipe wasn't active uh, and they didn't even consider that at all. You know, uh, they didn't want to talk about it. So uh, I get to the point that I feel like every anytime that uh, everything, when it comes to me, nah, uh, nothing good is coming my way. It's, it doesn't look like uh, they are making anything good to come to my way. Whoosh. It's okay, but uh, I, I think uh, at this point, uh, basically regarding my last run, uh, I deserve at least some respect, you know, uh, as a UFC champion. I've been uh, down, I, uh, I know my low time, and I face it, I face the challenge, I make my way all the, up, up here, I uh, get all the frustration in the past two years. I fought twice. You know, I, I do this for a living, but I have to fought two times uh, in the past two years. And uh, but at the end of the day, nobody cares. It's my it's my shit. I'm gonna figure it out on my own. Then I get to all that and get here, and they make it seems like oh, it was just it wasn't the big deal. You know, like oh, he's a champion, but whatever. And uh, yeah, those type of things kind of like piss me off. 
do you carry that into your fight? Because it seems to me, like you said, that you're being disrespected at a time when, you know, I'm turning on the tire commercials and I'm seeing you there. When I talk about hardest hitters and scariest knockout guys in the division, they talk about you. When I talk about inspirational stories, you used to shovel sand for a living. Now you're the heavyweight champion. You seem to have all the elements that they would want, and yet they seem to disrespect you a lot. Do you carry that into the fight? Um... Sometimes I feel it, but, um, you know, at the meantime, like for the Rosenstruck fight, I, I, I had a lot of frustration on that fight, and uh, I fought really bad. Like, when I look at that fight, I'm like, this is not how I'm supposed to be fight, fighting. And uh, for the Stipe fight, I was looking off the uh, positive side, uh, picture, uh, side of the picture, you know, um, trying to uh, see what I'm fighting for, trying to see um, people that count on me, my people, you know, that was the thing that take over uh, over me, you know, and keep me uh, calm and uh, composed on that fight, you know, um, because frustration or uh, whatever, Madness will, will never lead you to a, a good decision, or he will always get you exposed. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to the undisputed UFC heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou. I know you're busy, my man. Thank you so much for giving us your time. I can't wait to see you fight again, bro. The one, the one and only heavyweight champion. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Francis Ngannou, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you, Jimmy. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. I got AJ McKee with me right now. How you feeling, man? I'm good, man. Another day in paradise, you know. Just uh, enjoying it all in. Uh, well, all right, so that that's the first thing I was wondering. Uh, you get the check, you pop the champagne, you win the fight. You know, you wake up the next day. Does it feel any different? Could you believe it happened? We're like, oh man, I can get back to the gym on Monday, or was it like, all right, back to the grind? This is what I expected, or did it feel different? Um, no, it's kind of, like you said, it's, this is what we expected. So, uh, I mean, it, it, it definitely feels a dip, a little bit different just being a champion, being labeled as a champion now. Um, that part still hasn't kind of settled in quite yet, but, uh, it's, it's cool. Like I'm going places, like I went to eat breakfast, like a normal human the next morning and, uh, people are noticing me and I'm like, oh shit, I, I guess like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like from now on, I guess when I start to go places, people will start to recognize me more. So it's like just being a, a, a public known face to the public. It's a, uh, it's a little interesting, you know, I used to enjoy just walking around and being normal, but I mean, I can still do that obviously, but it, it's, it's, it's intense. I like it. You know, um, it was a fun show. I was out there having fun. It was my home, my home turf. So uh, yeah, it was fun, man. I had everybody come out and I have never felt that much support, that much energy in one night, you know, so it was it was phenomenal. The fight itself, 
did it go how you expected? Where Pitbull had been never been finished before, very tough guy. A long, difficult, grueling fight is what most people expected. Yeah, you have speed. Yeah, you have power. Did you expect it to end that quickly? It seemed like, boom, head kick, combination, knocked him down, choked him out. You beat him every way you could beat him early in the first round. Did that surprise even you? Um, Definitely. You know, I was looking for a second round. I, I thought for sure he was going to be done in two. But for it to happen so early in, I mean, I was just in there. I was so focused, you know. My father and I, we went over the fight multiple times. And he was like, that's, he's like, that's the AJ, you need to be constant, you know, like focused in there, methodically thinking and just, you know, not, not so relaxed. He's like, if you fight every fight like that, man, he's like, you'll destroy anybody and everybody. Like it'll make life 10 times easier than going in there and expecting to fight five fives, you know? So uh, it was fun, but um, I think we all expected it. We knew it. I I had my own, uh, my own thought. I knew it was going to be a kick. You know, just because I, I know he keeps that 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 right hand low, uh, especially when he throws his right hand and he loads up. So it was either going to be a kick to the body or a kick to the head. And I just saw the opportunity of the head kick and I took it. So where are you now when you said you're going to talk with Scott Coker, figure out what's next? He talked about, you know, CBS. He talked about Showtime Boxing. He talked about all kinds of things that. Or, or plans they could have with you as champion. Have you guys discussed any of that stuff yet? Um, no, not really. You know, for me, I'm just I'm getting back to the routine. You know, I'm back in the gym. Um, headed to the gym right now. You know, you can't stop. You know, just keep grinding. All that other stuff, I, either we figure it out. But it, it's for me. I just got to keep doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I'm going to continue to stay training, stay ready. You know, it's a good saying. My dad says, stay ready. You don't have to get ready. So, uh, whenever they figure out what they need to figure out and we figure out what we need to figure out, um, hopefully get back in there as soon as possible, man, get another fight in before the year's done or I don't know. We'll see how things play out. I'm, I'm not quite sure at this moment. At your age being young, right? But you're getting kind of into your physical prime. Has 145 felt the same making that weight? Because about your age right now is when you start going, oh man, 45 sucks. Getting down there starts taking a a bigger toll on you. Is that how it's felt? Is 55 sounding better to you right now? Um, I I just, I've always dreamed of going up to 55s. I've been cutting weight a little bit my entire life. You know what I mean? Obviously getting older, getting bigger. The weight cut's not becoming it actually has become easier just doing it the right way is the key um but fighting once a year right now i mean that's where i'm like all right let's see you know what i mean we got to see i'm i'm trying to get like you said these are prime years at at 26 like i should be fighting people every every other month you know what i mean if i'm starching people like this let's run through the division but i've already ran through the division so it's like going up to 55s and getting faster and stronger and just running through Bellator's 55-pound division, I could hold the title there, you know what I mean, and hold my own for quite some time. So I think that could be a plan as well. But uh, I don't know. we got to sit down and talk. You know, that's that's business comes first. And at the end of the day, this is how I support my family and my father's family and so forth. So, uh, you know, as that one song, let's get down to business. <laughs> <laughs> I know it well, man. Talking to AJ McKee, 145-pound champion in Bellator, winner of the 145-pound tournament. Is that and and is that the downside a little bit of the big tournament you had with Patricio Pitbull to get to that fight? You know, your 
you said I ran through the division already. I ran the div- through the division to get here. So was that kind of the downside of the tournament in that you ran through every potential contender, essentially? Um, I wouldn't say it was a downside. For me, it was it was making a statement, you know what I mean? At the beginning of the tournament, I said four, four for four all finishes. Like, I said I'm finishing everybody. I did it. So for me, it's just kind of sticking to the script, you know what I mean? I've done more than prove myself, so – I feel like at this point, like, let's get down to business, you know. Um, I'm ready for whoever. I want that 55-pound title, you know. I've been saying it. I said it when I first stepped into the organization. I'm going to be a champ champ. Um, Pitbull wants to run it back at 45s. Why? What for? I already beat you there. Let's go 55s. You're the champ, you know what I mean? Um, I'll hold that throne for a little bit. Maybe he can take the 45-pound title back. And Who knows? I don't know. We'll see how things work out. Maybe I'll defend both of them and beat them up again at 45s and 55s for a little trilogy. I don't know. We'll see what happens. What's most important to you right now? When you think about your priorities right now, sitting here driving to the gym, you have you know, a potential new title at 55. You have new challenges at 55. You have the money considerations. You have branching out in terms of your brand, meaning you know boxing or other opportunities on CBS. What's your of those priorities? Not the the individual decision, but of those priorities. What are you thinking about the most, man? Staying the best in the world, being the best, continuing to be the best, uh, motivating all the young guys in the gym. You know what I mean? When they see the fact, okay, he just went out here and starts this dude, and he's still in the gym the week after his fight. Like it, it should motivate some of them. You know what I mean? Like get in the gym, stay in the gym, like. Um, that, that's a big key. You know what I mean? Iron sharpens iron. So if, if the younger dudes around me are learning, they're getting better then shit sky's the limit for them. You know what I mean? They got all the motivation in the world. They got all the, the influences around them. So at that point, it's literally just, it's, it's within their hands. You know what I mean? Just put in the work and you'll get it. Your dad, Antonio McKee, uh, had a fight career of his own that never got to, I would say the elite level until late in his career, not because he couldn't win, because of how he fought. Very wrestling-centric, great top control, wasn't often at risk. When he was training you, was that kind of a lesson he, he imparted to you about being an entertainer, having a style that will get you that call, will get you that promotion, that will get you that title opportunity? Was that ever part of your, your training, in a sense? Oh, definitely, man. The sky is the limit. My father was the best at what he did, and no one could stop it. So that that was a big problem for people, you know, whether it was entertaining or not. But being a second-generation fighter, he figured out what mixed martial arts liked, what they needed, and what they wanted. So that's where the plan came together. Okay, I'm, I got to make him tough. He's got to be able to speak articulately. He's also got to be able to uh, perform under pressure and just weigh things out, you know what I mean? So it, it, the fight doesn't just happen in that cage. You know what I mean? you got to be able to handle the cameras, the lights, everything all put together. Uh, we kind of, you know, we've prepared for this since day one with the amateur fights. You know, like I said, I, I was a two-time I was a two-time champ in amateur division. So it's like uh, just being great from the jump, you know what I mean? And knowing like, all right, I got to do this. I got to do this. But knowing in my mind there's levels to this. So if I succeed at one level, then I progress to another level. And you just continue to progress and get better and better and better. You know what I mean? So 
even in the wins, you know what I mean? There's, there's always a lesson to be learned, you know, like even that fight, that fight could have, it could have took a drastic change if I would have celebrated and then he would have like done something and came back from it. You know what I mean? We could have been stuck fighting four more rounds after that. So it's, it's, you always got something to learn in a fight and it's just being able to humble yourself and look at it from that perspective. You know what I mean? The, I'm talking, of course, to AJ McKee, 145-pound champion in Bellator, won the featherweight tournament, got a million bucks, he's doing well, but he's still going to the gym. That's the important part. So uh, how personal, I'm curious, did you feel that fight got at the press conference? He talked about beating you in front of your dad. You talk about, okay, I'm going to beat you in front of your wife and kids. He got really upset. There were some words. There was a belt grab. All that stuff happening. Uh, did that enhance the fight at all to you, or was it just business as far as when you once you stepped into the cage, man? Uh, for me, it's just business. You know what I mean? It's nice when things get a little heated. You know, you get to see some real uh, – some real egos flare to see how people react and so forth. So, um, I, it's all fun and games for me. I kind of, I kind of get off on it. If you want to talk some shit and make it a big deal. But, uh, at the end of the day, when that door closes and you're standing in front of me and I'm standing in front of you, that that's when all the talking and everything goes out the window and it's time to put on a show, you know what I mean? And may the best man win. You have been in Bellator your entire career. I was there for your first fight. I was there for your God. I don't, I don't know how many fights total I called, but all of them uh, until I left Bellator. So, how have you? How has it felt, kind of growing up under the Bellator banner in terms of how you've been treated, to the op- opportunities they've presented to you? How has it worked out so far in your career? I'm really curious about that. Um, it's been great. You know, uh, my father's worked real close side by side with Scott Croker and uh, building and building me, you know, they wanted to push me early on. Obviously I wanted to be pushed early on. I've been calling Pitbull's name since my first fight. So uh, it's been, it's been a long journey and uh, I'm happy with the way it's been done, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm a millionaire, I'm a world champ and uh, it's all been earned. You know, nothing's been given. They've, they've worked day in and day out, put, put on great fights, give me uh, good opponents, like, you know what I mean? Sometimes they, they'll give you a test, and I'm, I'm going to go in there and do what I do, you know? Sometimes I went in there with broke hands and so forth. Of course, them not knowing, but that's just me being the athlete that I that I, I am, you know? If I if I sign a dotted line to fight, then I'm going to show up, and I'm going to fight, you know what I mean? That's just, that's the killer, be killed in, in me. So, uh Yeah. It's it's been a fun journey, you know. Um, being a millionaire now, being undefeated, um, it is what it is, you know. It's must be nice. Must, must be, be nice. Hey, someday I'll know what that's like. I'm sitting in a nice, <laughs> I'm sitting in a nice position right now, Jimmy boy. <laughs> hey, you earned it, bud. Well, get to get to training. Tell your dad I said what's up. Have a great time today, and uh, you earned all of it, buddy. It's, I'm proud of you, man. It's, it's fun to watch. Thank you. I appreciate it. And no uh, shit, look forward to another one real soon, man. I'm trying to get back in there. You know what I mean? I'm not, I don't want to waste no more time. <laughs> Representing no. Long Beach every time, AJ. Appreciate you, bud. Thanks for joining us, man. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. 
This is Lindsay Rhodes, and I'm so excited for my podcast, The NFL Roadshow, to be joining the SiriusXM sports family. We'll be talking about the most compelling topics and to some of the most interesting people in and around the NFL, taking a look at things through my somewhat nerdy football lens. I like to push past the low-hanging fruit to get to the real stories that are going to make you feel like a smarter football fan. So please join me every Wednesday for The NFL Roadshow, available on the SXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. Eve Edwards, great fighter. Uh, I think the top lightweight in the world in his heyday. A great coach now, a great MMA mind. You got to help me out with this 265 card, right? Because it is pay-per-view. Got to pay 70 bucks for it. The card itself is kind of solid all the way around, right? It's not like, not bad. You know, I have some great fighters in it that I really like. The main event, though, with this interim belt, my first question that I've been asking all week is, does an interim belt that most fans aren't that interested in, does it detract from the fight or does it add something in real life to the people who are there? That's what I'm curious about. Because I have kind of a bad taste in my mouth about this fight because of that. Is it just me? Um, it's not just you. No. I, I really don't like the fact that this is an interim belt fight. Uh, I don't see any reason for it. Francis Ngannou just won the heavyweight title. And, and there's no reason he's not injured. There's nothing like that. I mean, the, the, the conflict between John Jones and getting that si- fight signed. Okay. But there's no reason for an interim right now. The fact that I think that's a part of the reason why it's in Houston. Derek Lewis is relocated to Houston after the hurricane in, in Louisiana. Um, and Houston loves him, man. Like the way he fights, he's an exciting guy. He's a great personality and he's a good dude. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so yeah, Houston, yeah. Houston's deep behind Derek Lewis. And um, Cyril Gaon is a legit threat to the heavyweight title, no matter who's holding on to it. So um, should Derek Lewis win this, the interim title? I think it'll, it'll, it'll pop for a little bit. And, but I, I, don't, I really don't, don't like the fact that this fight is for an interim title. I think the only things that, that are, that are going to be able to hold that up, and it's like a – I don't know, it's like a facade, but still, it's the fact that it's Derek Lewis in Houston. I think that's the only way this this even plays just a little bit in my mind. Yeah, he'll get that you know belt wrapped around his waist crowd pop, right? I mean, is that really what it's all right. about? That's kind of what it seems like to me, yeah? But you yeah, and I are making I mean, the same face because we're fight purists, right? We're, we're deep in the <laughs> woods, bro. We're not, we're not sitting there drinking beers at a, yeah, well, that's not us, man. And, and so it's so funny, like, yeah, for other people, this is a thing. You know what I mean, Eve? Do, do we feel out of place here? Because <laughs> we're some I, fight dorks, you know? <laughs> I, uh, you know, I mean, I don't feel out of place because we have the right to say what we, what we think. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like a lot of the bar hoppers, they don't. But we have the right to say what we think. And um, I, I just, I really, I don't like how these interim belts just just kind of pop up. I, I made a comment about this a long time ago. I can't remember who had fought for the lightweight interim title. But I'm like, man, in my day, you couldn't even have a world champion. Now we got three of them. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so like, now we got a heavyweight world champion. Now we're going to have an interim champion. Meanwhile, the heavyweight champion is, is not injured. He's ready to go. He could have fought this fight. You know, but but the John Jones fight is what everybody wants to see. Um, I think that's the fight that that the UFC wants to make, and so we're waiting on that. And now we get like we get a substitute belt, but like these both of these guys are legit. Both of these guys are good. Um, they're both a threat to the heavyweight title. I mean, Derek Lewis. It wasn't an, a super entertaining fight, but he holds a win over Francis Ngannou. Cyril Gaon used to train with Ngannou, and 
like gone is is man he's a heavyweight that moves like like he moves like a, a middleweight you know what i mean he's 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 smooth he's he's frenetic in his movement but it's not crazy it's it's just it's just like he's agile he has like so many qualities that 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 most heavyweights you're not you i guess you're not used to seeing in the heavyweight division you know so i'm i'm looking forward to to seeing this fight but yeah putting a title on it just to make it a pay-per-view i guess i would pay i would pay 70 bucks to watch these guys fight five rounds anyway you know what i mean now let, that train bothering you do i need to get away from that train uh, ask a producer, man. I I can hear your voice just fine. Kob, okay, good. Cool. All right, cool. All right, cool. I can hear your voice just fine, so I don't care. So here's the deal. Um, when when you look at, it, I'm talking to Eve Edwards, by the way. I gotta stop to tell you, I'm talking to Eve Edwards. I'm so used to talking to Eve Edwards that I don't feel the need to introduce him. Eve Edwards, my man, uh, longtime fighter, top lightweight in the world in his prime, uh, Pride veteran, UFC veteran. You fought everywhere. Uh, what what, what I want to know is. Four to one dog, depending on your book for Derek Lewis. This is when he's at his best. It's almost like the more you doubt me, the more you think I'm not going to do it, the more you think my opponent. I thought Curtis Blades was going to. I would have bet my house on Curtis Blades and knocks him out with an uppercut. It seems like he's one of those guys. And you've worked with guys like that, right? In the gym, in your career, like the more you doubt them, the better they are. Is Derek Lewis one of those guys? Derek Lewis is definitely one of those guys, but. I don't understand why people still have this doubt about Derek Lewis because he's the best guys in the UFC. They constantly show improvement, right? And that's what Derek Lewis has done. That's what he's doing. Um, we see it every time that he comes out. He looks better and better each time out. And I think Cyril gone, when you look at the textbook, when you look at the fundamentals of the mixed martial arts world, like, yeah, he, he has textbook technique. He looks great. Um, but Derek Lewis... He's shown so much improvement and that power that he has, man, that's always a threat. We saw it against the big Russian Volkov, right? Yep. Um, and then on top of that, he's constantly, like I said, he's constantly and consistently improving. So like to say he's a four to one underdog, uh, maybe if you're looking at the stats, maybe if you're looking at the numbers, maybe if you're looking at, you know, who, who the opponent is, you can say that, but at the same time, you can never count Derek Lewis out. He always has a puncher's chance, but, He's technical. He's athletic also. He's the bigger, heavier, probably the stronger guy, probably just as athletic, even though he doesn't look it look it from the outside. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't put him at four to one. That's that's a good bet, man. I, I would put money on Derek Lewis going into this one, even though Cyril Gon has a very good shot of winning this one. I happen to agree with you. Talking, of course, to Eve Edwards, helping us break this sucker down. We got a, a co-main event I'd like to talk to you about. Jose Aldo, Pedro Munoz. When I look at this card and I think who's under pressure, right? Who must win? Who's in a situation where their UFC life or their life in the division is really at stake? Jose Aldo really jumps out at me as a guy. If he loses this one at 135, look, greatest featherweight of all time, but you, you have to consider his move to 35. It's harsh, but a failure if he loses this fight. Are these out of title contention with this fight? What do you think, man? I agree with that, but also um, the myth, the the mysticism of, of Jose Aldo, yeah. that's been gone for a while, especially at 135. I don't think there are any 135 pounders that – that remember the Jose Aldo, that was the 145 pound champion that didn't lose a fight in 10 years. You know, I don't think they remember him that way. They, 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 they look at this as an opportunity to, to get 
that name on their wall, to put that head on their wall. And um, Pedro Munoz, man, Pedro Munoz is dangerous everywhere. We saw him, we saw him slug it out with, with Cody Garbrandt. You know, we know his ground game is solid. So I think this is going to be one of those fights where, um, and confidence, confidence is a big thing, man. And Jose Aldo being at the top of the division for so long, like right now, I don't necessarily know if he's, he has anywhere near that same confidence that he had when he was dominating, you know? So, yeah. so this is just, this is a huge turning point for Jose Aldo and, and, and Pedro Munoz is one of those guys who's, he has that confidence right now. He's on the rise. He's in the mix at 135 and he knows what this fight means. And then the fact that it's Jose Aldo, I think in the gym, he's remembering that Jose Aldo that was dominant and, 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 and just so dangerous. But now at this point, once, once it's time to get in there and mix it up, like you're just another guy in front of me. He prepared for the best Jose Aldo. And if you're not that Jose Aldo, man, you're going to have a really tough time against some of these young guys coming up like Pedro Munoz. Uh, a question I want to ask you, talking to Eve Edwards, right? My fight breakdown pay-per-view guy, bro. Um, what I'm wondering about is Michael Chiesa Vicente Luque. We talk about streaking guys. We talk about guys who just kind of out of nowhere became part of the mix in a very difficult division. You got to talk about Michael Chiesa, man. It's like he it was... A, a, a win some, lose some 55-er, right? Always had trouble making the weight. When he went up to 170, I had questions about whether or not he'd be able to handle those bigger, tougher guys, right? And he's quietly, if you could say it, you know, if you can use the word quietly, he's quietly put together a four-fight win streak. Rafael Dos Anjos, Diego Sanchez, Carlos Condit, Neil Magny, big names, man. So could this be kind of that outside contender fight when he takes on Vicente Luque? This is definitely one of those outside contender fights because like Vicente Luque is also coming. He's coming off a tough loss to, to, to one boy. Right. But, but he's, um, he's had some, some, some really good fights and some good wins that win over Tyron Woodley. I know Woodley's been on a downslide, but Vicente Luque has always looked dangerous. And then the clash of styles in this fight, right? Um, both of these guys are dangerous in, in all aspects of mixed martial arts, but, Vicente Luque is the sharper, cleaner, more powerful striker. Yep. And, and Michael Chiesa is the better grappler with the wrestling technique, right? So who's going to be able to implement their game? Because this is one of those fights where, like, if it happens in a specific area, we know who's going to dominate, right? So so that that's 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 what both of these guys are looking at. They're looking to sell, sell what they need to do to get this fight to where, where they need to win this fight. Like Michael Chiesa is going to sell the stand up to get to the takedowns. Vicente Luque is going to keep him on the outside and just try to pick him apart. But one of these guys is going to come out of this fight with really just really needed to win one more fight and get a title shot, man. I think, I think Michael Chiesa is right there. He's, he's done some really good things. And this is like Neil Magny, Carlos Condit. Those are big names, but Vicente Luque, I think, is the closest title contender that he's he's getting a shot at. And um, to get a win over him, he's right in that conversation. He makes the right call out. He's one fight away if he wins this one. And I have one general question before I let you go. Uh, we just played Angela Hill, Tisha Torres, going back and forth at the, at the, the press conference. And Angela Hill had made some statements about you know, your old teammates said things about you doping, but I'm not, you know, that was the past. I'm not really going to get into that too much. It's like she was talking trash, but kind of like walking it back a little bit. And I love Angela Hill, 
big good friend of the show, love her to death. But it's one of those things where how do you feel about look, either go there, right, and say your opponent's a doper, or just don't say anything at all about it. how do you feel about that kind of like, uh, yeah, well other people were saying this about you. I'm not saying it. It's like then don't say it at all. What do you, what how do you feel about that? <laughs> I'm curious about that. I absolutely like Jimmy, like we're the same guy, man. Remember yeah. remember when I was bald? I mean, I remember that we could have been the negative image of each other because like that was that was that's the truth, man. Yeah, you just got to uh, go out there and say it. we think the same way when it comes to these kinds of things. And Angela Hill, you got there and, and I mean, you you made the statement. So 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 bite bear down on that, like lean into it. that. Don't yeah. don't say it. And then and then try to backpedal away from it. <laughs> like you're about to get in a fight anyway. You're about to try to punch it. It's going to throw it out anyway. dude. What difference does it make? Right. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference. Say what you mean and mean what you say. All right, you know it, dude. Talk to you soon. Eve Edwards. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Andy King is director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen. And SiriusXM Fight Nation program director, Marissa Rivas. Serious XM Podcasts.